0: You're listening to America's Web Radio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. I'd like to uh, wish everyone a happy new year, including my producer, David Moxley. Um, I hope that uh, everyone had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a, Merry, a Happy New Year, and uh, hopefully. 2016 will be a good year, hopefully a better year, than uh, 2015 was. The show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Docs for Patient Care Foundation is a non-for-profit f- uh, f- uh, 501c3 organization that's dedicated to the preservation of health care freedom and the doctor-patient relationship. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is doing the heavy lifting, trying to uh, do the work that needs to be done to bring the health care issues that you need to know about to your attention so that you can advocate and uh, do what you need to do to um, work for your own health care freedom. Please support the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Go to the website at www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org or www.d4pcfoundation.org. Start off 2016 with a generous contribution so that we can continue to bring you this show and other do the other quality work that we do. Um, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only healthcare think tank in the country that is run and operated by full-time practicing physicians. So please support the work that we're doing. Well, uh, we're going to kick off this show today with a special guest, um, someone who I've known for quite some time, a good friend, um, who is um, in the business of uh, working for the people of the state of Georgia. Uh, We uh, are uh, joined today by uh, S- uh, State Senator Judson Hill, who is uh, the senator from District 32 in Georgia. And the, we want to, we wanted Judson on our uh, show today because of his expertise in health care legislation, leading the way um, at the state level uh, for the health care policies that you've heard. Supported on this show for quite some time. Senator Hill is, uh, was voted the Legislator of the Year by James Magazine here in Georgia in 2014 and um, is uh, tirelessly working um, at the health care uh, uh, problems that uh, confront us on a uh, regular basis. So, welcome to uh, the Doctor's Lounge, Judson.
1: Thanks, Hal really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you
0: today. So you almost weren't on the show today because I thought I had the winning lottery numbers.
1: (laughs) I wish you did. It's always good to have friends that are
0: wealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, especially if you're in politics. I'm kidding you. (laughs) So, um, you know, let's, um, we'll talk, we'll get to some of the meat of, uh, you know, what we are going to uh, want to address at the state level, but I wanted to uh, just pick your brain for a second about uh, national politics. Um, tonight is uh, the first GOP debate of 2016, and one of the three topics that they're going to cover, um, as it would be, is health care. So if uh, you are on the, uh, on, on the uh, stage with the candidates, um, Senator Hill, and, uh, and you're f- asking them the questions. What should they be asked and what should we uh, be looking for?
1: The first question is what are we going to do to provide affordable, accessible health care for all Americans and do that in a private sector, free market way, which means to me is that the individual has the right to choose their own position that doctor has the right to be engaged in that relationship and you essentially do your best because I say best because it's going to take a while but do your best to avoid and begin to eliminate the third party payer system which I believe takes um, hurts that relationship frankly and so what are you going to do as president of the United States to ensure better access and more affordable care for, for Americans in a free market way as opposed to one system, government-run health care that has been proven not to work.
0: Do you think that uh, Obamacare can be um, repealed or thrown out, or do we have to work around it?
1: I believe it should be repealed and replaced, thrown out, but the only way we know that that's going to happen is to put a Republican in the White House.
0: And I think that um, you know, there's, there's that needs to be said tonight. The the contrast between what could be and what, um, and uh, and what is, is um, is stark and needs to be made. And I'm not sure that uh, this happened yet, but with much fanfare, both the uh, um, United States uh, uh, Senate and. Um, House of Representatives passed an Obamacare repeal bill. Did, do you know whether or not it got uh, vetoed by, by the President yet?
1: It, it was vetoed last week, I believe it was Friday. So this is the first time ever that the Obamac- an Obamacare veto repeal bill went to the President of the United States. It took Republicans gaining the House and the Senate back, and was just recently, or fairly recently, the Senate. And because of the challenges in getting some legislation for the senate with um the 60 vote rule uh it took until the end of uh excuse me the beginning of this year a week ago to get that bill to the president's desk for signing he immediately um vetoed the legislation we knew he was going to um but it's a stark line in the sand and if we end up with um the Democratic office, which most likely would be Hillary Clinton. Well, we know where she stands because, in about 1993 or 94, she was, as First Lady, she backed something very similar to Obamacare. So, bottom line, you have a president, a Republican president in the White House. You can't guarantee anything in life, but pretty much guaranteed Obamacare will be repealed and replaced. What it's going to be replaced with is the discussion. There's some, a number of conservative free market bills pending in, in Congress, and hopefully it would be with one of those pieces of legislation.
0: We haven't heard very much about that uh, that veto on uh, on t- on the uh, in the mainstream media, have we? You,
1: you think? <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> it's like um, crickets.
1: It, it's crickets. The media understands what's about to happen and how important having a Republican in the White House. For America, for safety, security, for the economic uh, growth of the country, for um, Americans to once again, frankly, be protected, I think more strongly at home through um, the right to keep and bear arms. And there's a lot of important issues: security issues, education issues, health issues, economic issues that are uh, this country is faced with and we need to turn the country around in the view of uh, the majority of Americans. Judson, in
0: 2010 and 2014, health care played a big role in national elections, but there's such big issues going on right now. The uh, we've, You've mentioned a few of them. Um, um, the economy is it seems to be crumbling despite the uh, President's uh, claim to the contrary in his State of the Union message. Um, the, uh, we, our, our military is uh, apologizing to our enemies um, and they're putting that on, on uh, television for the world to see. So there are some profound problems that uh, are occupying everyone's time. Nobody seems to be paying attention to health care anymore. Does anybody care?
1: I think people care more than ever because health, the health of you and your family, is a is a kitchen table issue. Your ability to pay your bills, which is impacted these days by the type of impacted by your health as well as the type of um, in this in this market, the insurance that you have and how costly that is, how easy it is or difficult it is to to find a doctor that will take. Um, Obamacare or take uh, take Medicaid or um, other um, health care instruments. So I believe it's a critically important issue. It's affecting people's pocketbook at home more than perhaps more than ever before, at least in recent history. But there's, as you have referenced, there's, we're struggling with so many critically important issues. Um, and we're hearing that in the Republican primaries with the various candidates, all of whom are, in my view, would be substantially better than 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 the alternative in the mm-hmm. Democratic Party. Yes, and uh, so I—that's probably—it's getting lost in some of that discussion, as well as probably people feel somewhat a little bit beat down on their health care options because Obamacare has been in place for a while.
0: Let's let's pull this back to the state level, which you're really an expert at um <clears throat> tell me t- in our audience um how um these issues um can be addressed at the state level and the impact that uh lawmakers like yourself can have on uh on turning things around for healthcare
1: well thanks for the calling me an expert I'm far from that but I've done my best for a number of years to, to learn um, I chair a national health care committee of legislators, too, so I'm pretty involved in the in the issue. When Obamacare passed, it, it restricted the states in many ways from providing our own solutions uh, to address health care costs and health care access uh, because we had a top-down approach from the federal government. I believe the states are the best place to address this because we're more the incubators of, of um Ideas and federalism approach states' rights is, is a critical concept for us. What we did at the state level, I co-authored the legislation that went to the United States Supreme Court, essentially, to challenge Obamacare. You're getting in the weeds legally, a state has to have the right to sue, which is called standing in the law. And the legislation, when it passed 30 or so states, gave those states the ability to challenge it. We lost, as we know, at the U.S. Supreme Court level. And with that, it's been difficult. A couple of days ago, several days ago this week, uh, Monday this week, the Georgia legislature went back in session for 40 legislative days. And I believe it was Tuesday I introduced Senate Bill 265, which is a position direct pay act. I'll talk about that in a few moments. But to your question, there's limited opportunities for the states to... Um, to impact health care in a major way one of the probably the largest is those states that said no to expanding with expanding medicaid translation of that would have been a perhaps somewhere around a billion dollar cost to the state of georgia taxpayers because the taxpayers pick up in georgia about a third of the medicaid bill Uh, the federal government picks up the other two-thirds actually same pocketbook, same taxpayer pays both sides of that bill. So I'll just pause here, but there's opportunities, but they're not going to make as much of a difference as repealing Obamacare.
0: Well, there there um, are... Groups there, such as um, ours, the Doctors for Patient Care Foundation, other other public policy groups around the country, that have uh, tried to uh, get lawmakers in different states to um, make incremental changes in the law that would make it easier for people to um, to access care, and you've alluded to that in in your bill. Two sixty-five about direct pay, and um, I, what we've talked about on this show before. And I'm gonna, we're gonna have one minute till the break. So let me tee this okay. up for you for the for the uh, top of the of the next uh, segment. But um, we've we've talked. Um, on this show and and gone around the country talking about direct primary care, the ability of people to go around Obamacare and get the kind of care that they want and make arrangements with their physicians. And and right now the law is nebulous and needs to be clarified, which I think your bill has done. But I'd like you to tell our audience when we come back from the break about specifically why um, you've you've, – uh you've uh, written your bill and and what the purpose of that is um uh and what you hope to accomplish and, and we'll be back in uh in in the uh, doctors lounge in just a few moments
2: Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Darrell Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs.
1: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're back in the doctor's lounge. My guest is Senator, State Senator Judson Hill uh, from District 32 in Georgia. We're talking about um, state solutions for health care, and uh, we left it off with um, Senator Hill's um, uh, Bill's 265 about direct uh, pay um, uh, and I'll let you elaborate on that
1: Well, thank you doctor for uh, bringing me back on here this morning as well It's a critically important issue healthcare is for, for Georgians and for Americans and to do that and, and provide that, provide the uh, people the opportunity to access their healthcare uh, more easily and do that in an affordable way is the purpose of my physician's direct pay act. I'm expanding it beyond actually primary care. But it does one thing. It repeals, that is not repeal, excuse me, it uh, changes the law in the state of Georgia related to insurance laws. And currently, if you enter into a private contract, in this case with a physician, it's deemed insurance because you might be saying, doctor, I'm going to pay you 2000 $3,000 a year for certain services. And under Georgia law today it's that's an insurance, um that seemed to be insurance and we just changed the law to allow a physician to enter into a direct relationship with the patient at a uh financial level of six thousand dollars below and not to be deemed insurance which then makes it a lot more affordable and accessible for the patient, better for the doctors because they're not filing all these insurance documents and and uh so we, take, we strip out the regulatory side and we allow the patient to have a direct relationship, which is actually a unique concept. It's just surprising that we don't allow that today. But
0: It is we, surprising. Uh, it, it's,
1: it's, it's stunning that we don't really support that concept in the law. And um, So it's simple. $6,000 or less, you can have a direct financial relationship with the physician of your choice. services within their scope of practice
0: so is is there support for your bill
1: i believe there's substantial support the physicians all of them in the senate uh are co-sponsors i introduced it first three years ago kind of got lost in the mix um the insurance companies perhaps would not like that because typically these patients are more healthy patients right yes so they um they, it's a, from the financial model, they make money off of healthy patients because they see their doctor less often.
0: But but they don't have to be healthier patients. It's some of the doctors around the country who are in direct primary care practices tell us that actually many of their patients are um, chronically ill patients and they're the ones who are suffering the most by not having a regular doctor.
1: Well, how you touched on something critically important, I think, to the the outcome of this legislation I I set the level at six thousand dollars I don't know that right dollar amount frankly but private health insurance costs most Americans a lot more than six thousand dollars a year which means for those individuals it's unaffordable and they end up having little little access to health care when they do often it's an emergency room in a setting where they're a lot sicker um and they're definitely less likely to be seeking health care and medical assistance and participating in wellness uh, and choosing healthier behaviors. So this, the outcome of this legislation for those individuals would make health care with a, a doctor-patient relationship being established something that they may not have had for quite some time, which will be a dramatic improvement for, for each each of those individuals like you indicated chronic patients or otherwise
0: senator hill we are a uh, show that uh, tries to empower our audience to do things and uh, and get them uh... Um, mobilized to uh... to take up their their own cause for for fighting for their health care freedom so so those listeners in georgia who uh... Who are listening to this? What can they do to try to uh, uh, make have this uh, bill go to the finish line?
1: I represent almost two hundred thousand Georgians, and I have a number of colleagues that, in the Senate that represent the same number of people. They're very interested. Each of us, um, we report to our constituents. House members do as well. So, the most simply is reach out to your senator and representative. And ask them to support the Physicians Direct Pay Act. It'll be going through the the uh, Georgia Senate in the Health Committee, so that's the first place it needs to have support. And um, and, and people listen, legislators listen to to those that um, they represent. So contact your senator, contact your representative, and ask them to support an affordable, accessible healthcare measure called the Physicians. Direct Pay Act which is Senate Bill 265.
0: And I can't tell our audience how important it is to be engaged. If, uh, if you're not uh, speaking to the people who represent you, they don't know what you want and, and uh, they can't work for you. So please um, listen to what Senator Hill is uh, asking you to do because this is important. Eleven states have already passed direct primary care legislation which is incorporated into Senator Hill's bill. And, um, and this would uh, be an Im- important uh, um, uh, bill for the state of Georgia and for the, the people of Georgia. Um, go ahead. Are You going to say something.
1: No, that, that's exactly right. It is It's critically important. It's not going to change health care. It, it will um, make a difference in the lives of so many Georgians, and it's one step further because there's not a silver bullet. But there's a number of, of um, silver bullets, perhaps, that collectively can make a critical improvement in providing better, affordable access for free market access um, to healthcare, care and health care solutions. Yeah. I also have legislation, because the challenge is working within the federal context that we have. I have legislation that I will be introducing in a few days. It's even broader than this, that... Um, seeks to provide tax credits to, endi- greater tax credits to individuals uh, so that they can, they and their employers can be incentivized to help out the, essentially the working poor and the working uh, middle class. Those individuals who are in companies that are smaller than 50 employees, that often those companies cannot afford to participate in health care, uh, health insurance, and thus the people. Have a very expensive alternative, and many of those people can't cannot afford to pay for health insurance, and some of them don't qualify for Obamacare.
0: That's that's really that's a, that's a very important bill. You know, there are and just thinking of this. From a, a, um, a physician standpoint um, of, uh, a, as, as for the physicians that are unaligned with hospitals who are still fighting to stay in private practice, the, the majority of the uh, practices are small businesses with less than 50 employees. and uh, this would be this would be a, a, a way for them to uh, attract quality employees by being able to uh, provide health care for them.
1: That's right. I've got an, <clears throat> a handful of of uh, friends that own small businesses and it's a struggle for them to offer health insurance yeah. for their employees. That legislation would enable them to do so. It's not going to... Uh, if you hear frustration in my voice, it's because of the frustration of the limits of Obamacare. Yeah. And the severe restrictions it puts on, on the individual, the patient, the physician, and the whole system. And it's a tough with a price tag that we cannot afford.
0: Yeah. Let me, you know, another silver bullet, which seems to be the third rail for many state legislators around the country, is uh, Certificate of Need Laws. That's right. And um, t- can, we've we've talked about this on the show previously, and we'll talk about it a little bit um, later on. I, I know that you are going to um, not be with us um, past this segment, unless unless you can stay, but <laughs> But I might be
1: able to stay oh. at,
0: at the benefit of Atlanta traffic. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, we can go in, get into that a little bit because there was okay. an article in the Wall Street Journal on Monday that I wish I wrote about certificate of need laws because it's something that we've talked about uh, a number of times. And the certificate of need laws... <clears throat> Um, we don 't have to go into the history too much because we 've t- covered that on this show but but they are um, really market restriction for um, the uh, for for uh, competition and uh, the free marketplace and their um, uh, the, the big hospital the oligopolies that uh, are the giant hospital um, uh, uh, corporations they are they are um, they're strangling the uh, healthcare care market and keeping competition out. And um, uh, there's a, uh, a lawsuit uh, against the state of Georgia right now. Do you, I don't know if you know, I think you know Hugo Rebo and his partner, uh, Barfield.
1: I've, I, I do. I don't know him well, but I, I do. And they're, they're, um,
0: they're, they're um, suing the state of Georgia over CON, a case that's been uh, taken up pro bono by the Goldwater Institute. Okay, and Mag the Medical Association of Georgia is supporting the doctors in this case. So, so um, what, what is the what is the uh, appetite of, uh, at the state level of repealing C- or tackling the CON uh, issue?
1: We have made some changes to CON of probably now at least five years ago. The challenge becomes where the governor is on on the issue because of the of the interest involved from the, the hospitals and the impact on health care uh, some would say negative and then he would say positive but the impact on health care uh, requires that the in my past experience that the governor almost personally engage and lead on the issue because um, the effort is such a Herculean effort frankly Um there's, it's an issue that it's very difficult to get engaged in and take on by one person because the interests opposed to it are substantial, substantial, um, and and they you know they've got some arguments. Their argument is that um, they're required to see patients at the emergency room um, for free many times, and that uh con would change all that and it hurt them financially um the free market would say if you you know in a different analogy if you have three gas stations on a major intersection the fourth guy wants to come along he thinks he can make money too then he puts up his gas station and it's you know his ability to provide a better um product i guess is what allows him to survive um so there's been some laws for years that have that have been specially written for hospitals and they are exempt from taxes, for example, um, and the, one of the things is in the trade off for, um, fact that they've got to see these patients
0: in their emergency room yeah um, you know, let's let's break right there i'm glad that you'll be able to stay with us for one more segment Judson, and yes, we'll, sure. we'll 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 go ahead and and talk a little bit more about this con issue and a few other um uh other issues i wanted to cover when we get back into the doctor's lounge
3: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. Um, this is your host, Hal Schurz, and uh, you're uh, we're being joined by our special guest, Senator Judson Hill from the great state of Georgia. And we um, are covering health care issues at the state level. We've touched about uh, some national politics. We left off talking about um, one of the more... Difficult issues to tackle, which are the certificate of need laws, which are still on the books in 34 states around the country, despite the fact that um, there is uh, uh, an anti competitive nature to CON laws. And uh, there have been more than uh, a few studies, particularly those by the Mercatus Institute, that have demonstrated. The, um, that the, because of CON laws the costs to patients in uh, states that have CON laws um, are, uh, are higher than in those that have eliminated the CON laws. So what is it going to uh, take for um, Governor Deal to get on this train Senator Hill? Is it going to re- require the business community to be behind uh, an anti-CON law?
1: It would, I believe, it, it would take the business community because the hospitals would naturally oppose it as a uh, in their financial interest. The business community would its messaging first in education. Individuals, even legislators, need to understand and be very proficient in the uh, the solution that it would provide and the benefits it would provide. The frankly, people in the street need to speak out to their their uh, legislators in that way too and, and it's a complex issue and then the business community uh, would need to speak out and just to you know, tell you what I think is I think they're um, one if they have other issues that are I believe right now they're higher priority for them, number one and number two I think they're conflicted I think some believe it's a good idea to keep it and I think some companies uh, don't see the uh, do see the need to change, it. Uh, in the repeal or parts of repeal portion of CLN. Uh If we did, if we made changes, it would most likely require a, a phase in approach because of uh, the impact. But the cost would be lower, and the people would be able to go to ambulatory surgery centers and places like that. At, you know, from what I understand, uh. Same level of health care at lower cost because um, because they can provide, provide those services at a better you know, at a better price. I agree because they, in, in the hospital would argue because they don't have the financial burden that a hospital has to see patients for free. So,
0: well, right off, y- yeah, and and um, they they love to make that case. Except for years, they have been getting funds from the federal government. For uh, because they've been seeing patients for free, so they've been they've they've uh, not only gotten um, uh, breaks from the federal government and the CON laws, but there are other benefits to them seeing patients um, who come in that uh, that they're taking advantage of from a tax standpoint. So
1: there's tax advantages to the hospital system, definitely. The you know a, a solution is going to in my view, require a phase, a form of win-win on both sides. Because if I'm in negotiations with you and I lose substantially, if not in my talking points, but I lose and you win, then that's a hard place to get to. But if there's a compromise win-win solution or phase-in, and I don't know the details of what South Carolina recently did, but they made some changes.
0: They did. In yes. their CON
1: laws. And, you know, the reality is, is there's 16 states, if my number's right. They don't have C O N. And last I checked, they have hospitals
0: in those states. So, um. <laughs> That's right. They don't go out of business. Those hospitals—they're they're only getting bigger. And I—and you know, the—the the, uh, I think the um, the smoke and mirror game that the hospitals play is that they're non for profit. But they have grown their their businesses um, to an extent that uh, has never been seen before, and so the layers of bureaucracy that have been put up by by hospitals, hiring executive vice presidents and and uh, upper and middle management people, um, there's more of them than there are than there are doctors in many hospitals.
1: Now, one thing I think is important um, to note, though, is. Um, hospitals are struggling also with the impact of Obamacare. Rural hospitals across America, across Georgia, are suffering substantially. Yes, because they are. a lot of the mandates, and so you have hospitals in smaller communities closing, which is not good at all. No. And then you have major hospitals in metro areas that are growing and acquiring physician practices and all. Some of it's because the mandates of Obamacare. And the financial costs and some of it's just the financial transaction like you trying to go buy my business or my tra- well, me trying to go buy yours but it's a complex issue and any solution needs to uh, involve and take into account the impact on hospitals across across the state as opposed and not just the ones in a metro area my you know come out of my example with the three gas stations on a quarter. We have certain areas of our states that, you
0: know, they're struggling they're hospitals
1: hurt. are struggling yeah. from month to month to yes. keep their doors open.
0: And, and that's an excellent point. And I wrote an article about rural hospitals and, and the difficulties that they're getting because the funds that they've had um, as uh, critical access hospitals, that's what they're called, they're, they're drying up and um, and this is uh, these are hospitals that have I believe less than uh, 50 beds and um, this is this is a big problem um, Georgia has quite a few rural hospitals that uh, people in those communities depend on and this is an issue that uh, has to be tackled statewide not just uh, looking at the uh, at Metro Atlanta um,
1: we've, d- we've done a number of things to try to address that for the hospitals as well as patients. Well,
0: how, seven, how, eight years how have you ago, done that? Seven,
1: eight years ago, I, I wrote legislation and passed it on buying insurance across state lines.
0: Yes, you have. That's uh, before right. Before we were
1: talking about it. We've um, we've provided tax incentives for individuals through health savings accounts and other mechanisms to help them uh, lower their cost of health care. We've encouraged, we wrote the law to to make it legal to people to choose healthy behaviors and for insurance companies to reward people for their healthy behaviors and you've seen that grow across the, the country it's kind of a similar concept to the physician direct pay act the insurance laws of our state prevented um insurance companies for rewarding people for good in the health care context for rewarding people for healthy behaviors like a good driving discount mm-hmm. um it's the issues are interesting they're complex and there 's like I indicated before i don 't think there 's any one solution, but there is one but there is one answer, and that 's in Obamacare and get a republican in the white house and that 's the only way we 'll do that
0: and the corollary the corollary to that there is another solution the solution is to put people in charge of their healthcare decisions instead of a th- uh, um, some nebulous uh, uh, bureaucracy, and to have people in charge of uh, deciding where and how that money will be spent instead of a third party.
1: That's the answer. And how do you go about doing that? And that's you know, people understand know who won the last basketball or football you know game more than they do some of their own personal health and. Um, we, if you end Obamacare, all these options get back on the table. And some of us were fighting for those uh, you know, solutions way before President Obama came along with, with his idea. You bet. Um, but we, it's critically important that the physician-patient relationship be strongly encouraged that individuals, uh, take control of their own health care and are interested in, and, um, and are encouraged and financially incentivized and that the cost of doing so is, is reduced. And there are solutions. There's a number of great Republicans in Congress, including my own Congressman, Congressman Tom Price, who have uh, legislation. We have that at the state level, too, to make these changes. But we're, um, right now we're in an environment where one hand's tied behind our back. But many of us have not given up like you, Hal. Thank you so much. And many of us have not given up um, hope on making uh, major changes on behalf of the the people of the state of Georgia and across this country.
0: So thank you. Well, thank you for saying that, and thank you for the work that you do, um, Senator Judson Hill. Let me ask you: um, You've brought up a couple things. You've worked on the uh, Senate Bill 265, the Direct Pay Act. You've worked at, uh, you're introducing legislation to uh, give tax relief to um, small businesses that want to give uh, health care benefits to their employees. You've already worked on um, introducing uh, or, or having legislation pass about um, uh, purchasing um, insurance across state lines and other issues regarding the uh, tax uh, implications and benefits with regard to health care. Tell me, uh, and our audience, um, some of the unfinished business for for Senator Judson Hill vis-a-vis health care.
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I envision a day where the patient and the physician have a close relationship that the doctors are reimbursed for staying in this close relationship right now they don't get reimbursed for doing so that's the direct pay act for example would do so um would change all that but i envision a day where americans uh, can afford health care that it's not coming from the government because government's not the solution imagine getting it from the va as much as we you know, like the veterans, the VA administration is a disaster she delivering health care. But I envision a day where you've got an affordable accessible health care solution for for you and your family that your financial security is not at risk when you get when you get sick or have a major illness, and that um, doctors and nurses and the health care providers are um, are compensated well because they're so critically important that your children and my children, thankfully I have a daughter who wants to be a physician in this environment, hmm. but our, our young people want to go into health care because it's such an important um, profession and avocation and that uh, people can do so in a way that they can choose to choose the doctor that they want. The doctors can choose the patients that are best um, for their practice and their focus. Okay. And we can do that in a way that... Um, uh, health care flourishes and it's not a one-size government solution because government's not the answer and um, we've if we want to have a glimpse at that just just look around us unfortunately we need major changes um, at a, many levels At our federal level uh, we have a number of needs at the state level too I'm not going to you know kid you um, and we only can do this by the people of America speaking up and being interested and in, uh, choosing to become even more educated on the on the solutions and to support those people that believe in the in the uh, believe in what they believe in because there's a whole group of people that oppose what you believe in if you believe in affordable, accessible, free market, patient centered healthcare solutions.
0: Yeah, that that really just boggles my mind when I hear that. Are you still in traffic?
1: I I pulled over and parked because I'm not going to be at the Capitol by this meeting, and and uh, we're changing our schedule this morning because a, sen- a former senator died, so we've got a funeral
0: note for him. Oh, okay. Well, um, we would have you if, if you want to stay for the last segment, we would love to have you. Otherwise, we can uh, we can say our goodbyes now. You can tell me what you what's, uh, what you can do.
1: I can stick around for the last segment. Wonderful. My schedule has substantially changed, as okay. I've been indicated.
0: So. excellent. Well, then let's yes, we'll, we'll wrap we'll wrap things up and and uh, get closure on some of the things we've talked about in our final segment in the doctor's lounge.
3: Thank you. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit.
1: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome to the final segment in the Doctor's Lounge with my special guest today, Senator Judson Hill, state senator from District 32 in Georgia, and we've been honored to have him talk about health care issues at the state level, which really is, as uh, Senator Hill has pointed out at the top of the show, the incubator for ideas that percolate up to Washington or down to Washington depending on where you live and um, and uh, the, the really it's it's the it's the place where things um, uh, need to get done to start so we we were um, we left off talking about uh, the the future and what you envision so is there is there some what, what's the next uh, sacred cow or or wind or windmill that you're uh that that you're going to tilt at uh um if uh, you're fortunate enough to get the direct pay act through what what uh what healthcare issue uh is uh, next on uh, Senator Hill's agenda
1: Well, thank you, Hal, once again for having me on today. I've got a piece of legislation I've not introduced yet. I'm still fine-tuning it. It's called the Georgia Affordable Free Market Healthcare Act. If you love that. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> The, the objective is to do everything it, that title states. Um, the challenge becomes the context we uh, operate within with Obamacare, which means some of the uh, great ideas require what's called a waiver or uh, layman's terms approval from the uh, U.S. Health, H- Department of Health and Human Services and their sub-agencies. Um, we in Georgia and a number of conservative states have chosen not to expand Obamacare, for, for, I mean expand Medicaid for <clears throat> several reasons one is it comes with a price tag that the taxpayers cannot afford two is it doesn't provide the access and the affordable access to healthcare that you would believe three is many physicians don't want to see these patients because it's costing the doctor money as opposed to pay, you know helping you know, pay the it's more expensive than it is Than the money that they receive That's the short version of what I was trying to say yes. there So we haven't expanded it And in Georgia Our our increased healthcare costs Mandated by the federal government Annually Is somewhere around $250 million a year That's a lot of money for a state Doesn't sound a lot of money for the federal budget But it's a lot of money for the state If we were to expand Medicaid it would cost us probably four four to five times more All to say is is, back to your question is, we are working towards providing an affordable solution for Georgians within the context of what we have to deal with for the federal bureaucracy in Obamacare. And we'd like to do that in a way that the the monies you spend on health care as well as health insurance, um, can be with before tax dollars as opposed to after tax dollars which means your money goes further and you can have and you can more likely afford the health care and we want to do that to benefit Georgians or in, the, in my case across our state rural communities because we know there are a lot of people that are still uninsured in our state that have fallen through the cracks and I think that's wrong but so, I don't think the government's the solution. I think the private sector free market is, and I know we can do that.
0: So once again, and I asked this uh, two segments ago for another issue, what are the barriers for something like this, which seems to be fairly um, common sense and and would appear to benefit more people than uh, not having it? So so why, why is this not something that people are just jumping on the bandwagon and supporting
1: health care and healthcare care policy is fairly complex it's like an onion the more layers you pull off the more you you find and you push in one side of the balloon if you will and the other side pops out it's so you need to you need to know what you're doing and i'm i'm learning uh, and i've been doing this for eight or ten years so you want to get it it's important that you get it right number one number two is there's a whole group of people that benefit in the current environment that we have because they've learned to be profitable they're they're a barrier yes um there are um there's a group of people that say well we should not attempt something because we may get a veto uh that hasn't changed my opinion of of why i got elected ever which is they didn't like me to 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 shy away from something that would benefit them because someone might say no, because i still believe that we can convince those decision makers. In this case, I'm referencing, you know, the federal government to allow us to operate, um, somewhat the way we want, but that's a barrier. People are afraid to start because they think they're going to get a no. So they don't think the efforts work. Um, I'm not pointing fingers and just identifying issues. Um, or it's not as much of a priority as, as some other critically important issue like transportation or education or, you know, for starters. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the – and then the details matter, so it takes a whole lot of time to – we're part-time legislators, so it takes a whole lot of time to investigate and research and, and make sure what you're offering – actually will work and you're getting it right because the last thing you want to do is to to offer a solution and lead people toward that and be surprised because the results were not what anybody intended.
0: So what I'm hearing is that there are, the barriers are the money that the special interests, the, the entrenched interests are spending through their lobbyists to uh, Keep the status quo, and the solutions would be for people to um, to speak up and to get some uh, some people with uh, with bigger bigger sticks, like the business community, behind these efforts to uh, to push back against these uh, entrenched interests.
1: That's true, and and the Georgia Chamber of Commerce is engaged. I believe it's Deloitte with a, a substantial contract to research and investigate a health care solution for Georgia, for, is my understanding. Uh, their results, I'm not sure what the timing is of coming out with their report. It's six, nine months from now or something like that. Um, there are a lot of us that have been working on this for years and and I, though I applaud that. And, and so they have engaged to... You know, they have engaged. It is an important issue, but once again,
0: it's, it's complex. So it's very want to make complex. Sure you got
1: the experts there. At the bit. door. I'm not ready to wait for a, a you know, a private uh, some private group to come in and necessarily tell us what to do. When many of us under, believe that we
0: we have know what good to do solutions
1: today and know what to do. Yes, and um, and then. I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay. I'm just I'm just not going to rubber stamp a report. I uh, guess is
0: my good. Um, is my answer
1: that. Right. That's
0: why we like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks. So um, yeah, we one, there's there are, are just a slew of other issues that uh, that we that we can just kind of do like a, a couple of minute um, uh, sort of a word association okay. with and uh, and let you. Uh, 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 weigh in on. These are state issues. Um, Tort reform.
1: I was a co-sponsor of tort reform when I first got elected in 2005. I believe we need to, um, now in Georgia, have a constitutional amendment um, providing a cap on pain and suffering limits. Uh, The cost of health care is substantially impacted Um, because of the cost of uh, not having, the price tag of not having tort reform in in Georgia, which means many physicians are encouraged to do lots of different tests because their standard of care may require it, and they'll get sued and and be shut down, and and, um, patients will suffer. So we need tort reform back in Georgia. The Supreme Court ruled a few years ago that the legislation we passed Some of it was unconstitutional, so we need to come back with a Constitution amendment, which is a heavy lift, requires two-thirds of the legislature and a vote of the people.
0: Right. They have it in Texas. We can do it in Georgia.
1: They do, and we can.
0: Um, Physician extenders like nurse practitioners and PAs working independently.
1: That, to me, is a there's devils in the details. I'm strongly support maintaining, um, and not expanding, um, scope of practice. I believe when I go to see a specialist that I engage that specialist because of their training and expertise and background. There are some wonderful, there are many wonderful physician assistants, um, and, ex- and extenders across the board, but I prefer to have people. I'm an attorney by trade and I don't think it's wise to be practicing out of your specialty um, as, a, as, a, as a lawyer, and I would extend that into the healthcare community. Mm-hmm. I understand the issues, especially relating to rural areas, where many times you're not going to have the physician or the specialist there. But mm-hmm. I've never, never uh, supported ex- it. Expanding
0: scope of practice. Yeah, this 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 is one that really you know just uh, is is a uh, a hot button item for a lot of physicians. I we we always uh, ask, would the um, would the state bar allow paralegals to uh, hang out a shingle and and open up their own law practice?
1: The answer is no, but paralegals are very important, there especially are, certain specialties.
0: So. Yeah, and and they're a vital member of the of the legal team. Under the uh, under the supervision of, of a lawyer,
1: under the close supervision with geographic proximity to not having your supervisor being in India or. Or Australia, but being in
0: the same office, <laughs> right? Sorry for that. I'm just—you
1: can tell I, where I come
0: from. I, I do, totally do. Well, we're we're at the end of our hour, and I was just delighted that Atlanta traffic stinks so badly that <laughs> that we were able to have you for a full show. This was this was a treat. It was a delight and a pleasure, and um, I want to thank you and hope that uh, we can get you back on the show at some point in the future.
1: Doctor, thank you so much to your listeners. This is critically important, and thank you for spending the time to uh, listen to, to gentlemen like Hal who are experts in the area. And I believe collectively we can provide the best affordable free market access to health care um, for all Americans, and we need, to do, we need to join together to do so because... Frankly, a lot of America depends on it. So. Okay.
0: Well, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to having you back in the doctor's lounge. Thank you. This
3: is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.